Boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Man to Man podcast. I am Kelvin Dooley, as always, and as always with me, if I said that correctly, first name Trey, last name Von. I call him Big Town TV. TV, what's going on, man? Not much. Uh, ready, ready for it to warm up and stay warm. I feel like I probably said that or something about the weather on this podcast uh, recently. I'm tired of it dipping back down into some cold temperatures. Today, I think it's only going to be like 49 degrees, and it's mid – well, it's still early April, but it's mid – early to mid-April. I am ready for it to warm up and stay. Saying, well, you know, baseball is here, and, mm-hmm. you know, one indication that spring is here is when baseball arrives. One indication that summer is near is when baseball arrives. So – we are we are one step closer to waking up and it being eighty degrees <laughs> on top of you know a hundred degree weather coming up here soon. So yeah, hey, one thing I love about summer that it is always hot. One thing I hate about summer is that it's always hot. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> we we're close, man. Like yeah. your days of weather are almost near. Yeah. Okay. Um, Absolutely. National holidays. We have two good ones uh, today, April eighth. That isn't filled with a lot of good holidays, but today is National Zoo Lovers Day and Empanada Day. TV, any of those stand out to you? Uh, we can start with the first one, just Zoo Lovers Day. I think, yeah, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that don't like the zoo. I guess, but I feel like it's really hard to not enjoy going to see animals that you can't see anywhere else. Well for the most part, anywhere else in the United States if you don't go to a zoo. So, um, at, at least at that, um, I guess, just at that capacity or the, in, in that way, you know, you can go see a bear uh, out in the wilderness in the United States, States, but you don't have the comfort of knowing that you're protected and you won't get injured when you come across that bear. So, uh, either way, a lot of those animals you can't see around here, and even the ones you can uh, it's in the, like I said, capacity of knowing you're safe. So uh, I love it. I love zoos. I love walking around, getting to see animals, enjoying the nice weather. Uh, I feel like zoo, zoo Lover's Day should come on a nice day. Unfortunately, this year it's cold outside. Uh, but, yeah, just I, I love walking around, enjoying the nice weather, and seeing a bunch of animals. So uh, I'm a big animal guy. Uh, so, yeah, just Zoo Lover's Day seems like a, a good day for me. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had an empanada, and if I have, I can't recall it being that memorable. Mm-hmm. So, the league zoo lovers, and I do love the zoo. I have yet to go to the St. Louis Zoo down here, so that's still on my St. Louis bucket list, one of the things to try. I heard it's a really good zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, there, in, of course, one from in Kansas City. There's, It's a good zoo. It's a quality zoo. It's not amongst the country's best. Uh, by any stretch, I heard this zoo is is a is a I don't want to say top tier, but certainly better than my my zoo back home in Kansas City. So, yes, Sim, I, I agree with mostly everything you said. It's just cool to see animals you've probably never seen before. Mm-hmm. Get to see them uh, a post on National Geographic or on your favorite you know streaming documentary. Yeah, you can see it with your own eyes, physically in the flesh. You get to see a an exotic animal. So yes, I, I love zoos too, and I can't wait to go to the St. Louis Zoo down here. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not super familiar with, with empanadas, like you said. Um, I've maybe had one, uh, but again, if I have, I, I'm, I'm with you. I am not aware enough to, to, to know what what it was like and how much I liked it. So uh, can't recall. Yeah, so not a, not a huge empanada guy, but I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who are big empanada fans. That's That's over with. Coming up on today's show, we discuss Tom Brady and the possibility of him possibly playing with Tyreek Hill, dot, dot, dot. Miami, the Miami Heat clinched the one seat in the Eastern Conference. The Lakers, as I predicted, this is not breaking news, missed the playoffs. LeBron follows that up with some interesting Steph Curry comments. We'll dive into that. Opening day, what a magical day. Me and TV would discuss opening day in its entirety. It was a great day. Um, I really enjoyed yesterday. But 
we start every show as we do with the moments of doom. Nice crisp uh, finish there on that cam. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's start with opening day. Uh, but it's, uh, instead of doing it around the league, we start locally with our two respective favorite teams. Uh, let's start with the cards first. The cards, I mean, get off to a great start with a 9-0 victory yeah. over the Pirates. TV, tell me what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't. Have the cards looking o- look on opening day. Uh, they look. They, they looked good. Uh, they took care of business, like you said, against that Pirates team. Um, you know, a, a lower, lower end team this year. Um, you can assume that they're not going to win a lot of games. They're not going to be competing for the playoffs, most likely. Uh, but an, a great start, nonetheless. Nice to see a win on opening day. Nice to see the offense um, get it going fairly well on opening day. Uh, the nine runs are a little deceiving. They drew a lot of walks from the Pirates. Um, Pirates did not uh, – they gave up way too many free passes in that game. But uh, at the end of the game, the Cardinals end up hitting three home runs total, two in the eighth inning. Um, so, that, so I mean, they got it done with the sticks, too. It wasn't like it was just uh, bad play from the Pirates. They they hit the ball. Uh, Tyler O'Neill with the three-run home run early, early on in the game. Um, and then into the game, Nolan Arenado hits a two-run bomb, as well as Tommy Edmonds' uh, home run to lead off that inning. So three home runs, nine runs scored. Pitching was great. Adam Wainwright had a good, good six inning start. Um, get, gets another quality start under his belt. It's like I mean, we talked about last year. He's older. He's another year older. Well, this year, this year he's another year older, and he's doing exactly what he did last year. Starting off with a quality start, six innings, uh, allowing no runs, uh, just a few hits. I can't remember how many, but um, just a great, great game uh, from Adam Wainwright. So. Uh, nothing new there, really. It's what the Cardinals have came to expect. And, and, you know, it's even if you're waiting for him to fall off the cliff, he hasn't done it quite yet. It's almost almost like Tom Brady. It's just waiting for him to be done, and he's clearly not yet. So that was great to see. Bullpen did good. Three innings of work, no runs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just overall a great game from St. Louis. Um, but, again, you know, I don't want to oh, look into it too much because it is – it is against the Pittsburgh team who's probably going to struggle this year. Yeah, shouts out to the Cardinals, man. One thing I appreciate appreciate about the Cardinals since moving to St. Louis, the fan base and how the how, you know, uh the people in the state of Missouri and Illinois, they they they're pretty thick, man. It's like the fan base and how they get up for Cardinals baseball. Uh it's 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 a different it's a different atmosphere than Kansas City. We love our baseball there too. Yeah, city is. Um, it's very historic in its baseball, but St. Louis is just a little different, man. And uh, yeah. the amount of Cardinals red t-shirts and jackets that I saw yesterday, it it was it was sickening. But I say that in a positive way. <laughs> yeah. To be surrounded by so much Cardinal red, um, I was impressed, man. Like it was just it was just cool to see, uh, but in a very sickening way. I was just like, man, I am a little. It's like it's like being seasick. You, yeah. you go out there in the water, you see all of this water and all this motion. Same thing with the humans. You see all this cardinal red and all these red birds, these logos. Like, man, does it ever stop with this cardinal <laughs> here and people? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that was cool to see. Yeah. As and for so, the Royals, no, go ahead. Yeah, it would be – I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Albert Pujols on 2022 opening day. Uh, so, just, just, sure. just mentioning him. He didn't have a great, great um, performance, you know, by any stretch. But he put the ball in play, um, was hitting the ball hard, uh, just right at people every time he hit it. So, uh, great to see him in a Cardinal uniform. Uh, his first at-bat, of course, he gets the standing O, takes his helmet off, you know, waves it to the crowd. Um, it was just nice to see. Uh, very very nice to see. They talked to him after the game, and, and he said, you know, it was, it was probably until I, I walked out there to get in the batter's box, he said. But, you know, once I did, that that's when the emotions hit. Uh, so, you know, just an, an emotional day for Pujols, for Cardinals fans, I'm sure for Yachty and Wayno as well. Um, just a just a great, great, great opening day, you know, seeing him back in the Cardinals uniform and, you know, swinging a bat for the Cardinals once again. That was pretty cool. I did see that. Um, like I said, there's, there's so much Cardinals around me. I couldn't help but see it on the TV here and there yesterday. 
Yeah. It was a pretty early game. Uh, but I did find time, even when I even when I wasn't trying to see and watch Cardinals baseball. So I got to see that that opening day win. It was a topic of the day in St. Yeah. Louis, of course. So um now as for the Kansas City Royals, truly you know, I, when we've discussed the Royals leading up to today, at least when I've discussed them leading up to today, it's partly been, you know, the top of the lineup, the offense, the poor pitching, the uniforms, and this new prospect, okay? Well, all of those things came to flourishing besides the poor pitching. Is that similar to <laughs> Albert Pujols making his return? Zach Grinke made his return, cranked yeah. out a quality start. Uh, he looked really good. He didn't look like the Zach of Kansas City, like the Cy Young Zach. He didn't look like the Zach of his of his prime, uh, but he just looked like a he looked like Zach Grinking. The curveballs, the hanging curveballs, but not hanging for home runs, but just hanging these seventy mile per hour curveballs that confuse you after you get a ninety six mile per hour fastball. Um, you know, he he, he looked good. Yeah. I don't. You know, I assume this won't be a twenty win season for Zach, but for opening day. On the holiday that is opening day, he looked really good. Uh, how can you not talk about Bobby Witt Jr.? Okay, yeah. I've, I've been <laughs> I've been talking about this guy. I told someone yesterday. I came up with this phrase. So if, if you hear from anybody else, TV or the fan, if anybody listening, we now have the Patrick Mahomes of baseball. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I'm I'm trademarking that. I'm coining that phrase. Bobby Witt Jr., the Patrick Mahomes of baseball. Uh, no, look, he, he started slow, just like I, I assume a lot of rookies do with their first two or three plate appearances. When it mattered the most, he came through. Um, RBI double to give the Royals a lead. And then he scored his first run because he was um, batted in by Andrew Bannon attendee. So, uh, look, it, it was just it was a quality game. It was a low-scoring game. But, you know, it, it was just a good game overall. The bullpen came in clutch, got some yep, big outs. They were huge, yeah. Yeah, uh, they let they the Indians. Uh, wow, the Indians, the Cleveland Guardians stranded a lot of runners. So credit to our bullpen for just coming in and closing the door, uh, inning after inning. So uh, it was a quality game, good matchup. Again, it's low scoring, so we didn't see a lot of action with Merrifield, who's led the league in hits since 2017. I found out yesterday, uh, which goes to show he's quietly nobody talks about him. I've never heard anybody talk about Witt nationally. One of the best hitters in this baseball, period. He did have a hit yesterday. I'm excited when he gets a hit. I don't know why. Unlike any other player, I'm just excited when Witt gets a hit. Um, but it was just a good game, man. Yeah. Bobby Witt comes through. Um, Witt Merrifield comes through. Salvi was quiet. It was a it was a rainy, windy, chilly day in Kansas City. It wasn't – when you paint a picture of opening day, you don't really imagine rain, sleet, and snow. It was a, it was a cold day. Uh, but Sunday, you're supposed to get some sunshine. It's supposed to be a little warmer in Kansas City. So, but as for opening day, we look good. We beat up on the not beat up. We beat a we beat the Cleveland Guardians. This was their first game ever, right? As as the Guardians, so that was cool. There was a lot that went into this game that is I, I appreciate it. Uh, we 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 beat the Guardians on their first game. So, uh, yeah, that was opening day for the Royals. We got a W. So that that yeah. was pretty cool. To see. I was gonna ask you, just like what what was that like seeing that across the field that new logo that new name guardians instead of indians um that had to be like even me is not not a fan and i wasn't keeping up with that game super closely i was keeping up with it but not super closely just mm -hmm. like every time i tuned into that app i saw that new logo with the g and the baseball and i'm like like this just it's so crazy to finally see this like and it's it's for real this is game one They're, they are now the guardians is it it isn't the off season. They're they're announcing it, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. So the Indians are now the Guardians. Like we we actually saw it. It just seems crazy to me. It was a crazy. There was a slip up on a broadcast. Um, so when I called the Guardians the Indians, I just called the Guardians the Indians. Yep. I love the logo, by the way. The G's with the yes. like it's flying in the baseball. I think that's pretty cool. The uniforms resemble the their old uniforms in a sense. They like have those similar colors. They're like that gray. That light is gray, but yeah. the red looks a little cooler. That navy looks a little cooler. Um, there, I wasn't too impressed with the Guardians. Shane Bieber, who I think he's a top tier pitcher, um, he he pitched well. They got him out. They got got him out the game early, just like they do a lot of, you know, uh, opening day starters. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramirez, the third baseman who just signed a massive deal, the largest in Guardians history. He came through. He had a hit or two. I wasn't overly impressed with the Guardians on day one, but nonetheless, I it was cool. The face off against the Guardians. That was yeah. I just thought that was pretty cool on opening day. So yeah, I think yeah. Right, right too, Yankee, I think. Look, I think he's gonna be like, like you sure. said, he may not be a twenty win guy, but I think I think he's gonna be a great pitcher all year long. I don't I don't think you're gonna have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So credit credit to him uh making the Guardians not look that great. Uh they've they've got plenty of sticks in that lineup. Uh Jose Ramirez being one, Fran Mill Reyes, their DH being another. You know they mm-hmm. they they've got they've got guys that can swing it over there. Um, so credit credit to Grinky, good game. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just good good day for the state of Missouri. Uh, state of Missouri's two and zero in baseball. So uh, yeah, as of right now, we can brag about being undefeated in this state. <laughs> <laughs> it won't last long, but it pays to be undefeated. So while we would like to sit and talk about the Cardinals and the Royals all day, Kelvin, there were some other teams uh, that that opened up their season. Uh, yesterday as well uh, around the league Kelvin some things that stood out to me um, really really, we had a mix of everything in the MLB and, and I guess that's probably going to happen most days uh, but I remember seeing a blown save at the end of the night uh, Padres were up two to zero on the Diamondbacks and there was a blown save uh, we had a little bit of a comeback as the Cubs uh, raced away from the Brewers uh, to beat the Brewers on opening day uh, the Reds the Reds looked really well beating the Braves um, behind behind good pitching uh, and some big hits. Astros get to Shohei Otani. Otani had a huge pitch count and got pulled from that game early. Astros go on to beat the Angels. Uh, those are just a handful of things that stood out to me on opening day, Kelvin. Uh, what about what about you? What were your takes from just opening day in general around the league? Um, let me preface my comments by saying, you know, every opening day is great. I love every opening day. But tell me if I'm wrong. There's something about this opening opening day. I mean, this felt like the greatest opening day ever. Like, okay. I was able to watch some Cardinals baseball just because it was just around me all day. Uh, I watched like 90% of the pitches in the Rose game. Uh, I got to see Bobby Witts go ahead, RBI live, RBI double. Uh, I got to see Shohei pitch for a little bit. Um, I was worried that he got pulled early and then they go on to lose that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Um, I'll see some Sunday night baseball. So I know two games got postponed, but I think they adjusted the schedule. Uh, so I got to see some Sunday night baseball, which was good at the end of my shift. Um, and then I, I seen the Diamondbacks highlights, which what's opening day without a walk-off somewhere around yeah. the league. Yep. So I don't know if any one thing stood out. It, was, it felt so good just to have baseball back, you know, um, yeah. At work, I mean, I'm out. I, I think I'll be able to watch baseball a little bit easier at work opposed to any other sport. So I was able to just consume a lot of opening day baseball, and I loved every pitch, every moment, every diving catch. Um, I seen the walk off, like I said, all the stars. Everybody was borderline healthy, so you know everybody was available to play. It was just called. I don't know. I can't point, pinpoint one thing. It was just awesome to have opening day baseball. It finally arrived, and baseball is back. And I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, just like I said, kind of had a mix of everything. There, there was there were all kinds. There were good pitching performances. There were bad pitching performances. There was a walk off, the blown save, um, coming in the walk off, of course, um, a, a comeback early against the Cubs, and the Cubs came back and won that one. Uh, just just good good overall mix of of things on opening day. It was great to see. And I don't know if this is my favorite of all time, but maybe I, f- I feel like I remember, I remember more and more about opening day each year as I get older. Uh, it stands out to me more. Um, opening day is always, always fun, you know. But but yeah, I, I think each year I think there's more that stands out to me more that I remember. Um, you know, and this year obviously it, it'll be huge for Cardinals fans with Pujols being involved and coming back. So that's a big deal, big part of it. Uh, but yeah, man, just opening day was great. Loved it. Um, well, let's talk more on Otani real quick. He he ends up going like four and a third innings or four and two thirds innings. Um, I can't remember exactly what that number was, but he yeah four and two thirds, and he was doing fine. Four hits, one run, one walk. 
Uh, he had struck out nine batters, but because of those nine strikeouts, his pitch count was already huge. He was at 80 pitches uh, before the fifth inning was even over. And so they had to pull him, uh, you know, and, and ultimately the, the Astros end up adding on two more runs late in that game. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're the Angels um, end up losing that one, a, a good game against another really good team. Uh, the Houston Astros, I think, will be right back where they where they left off. Um, but Otani's Otani's high pitch count kills the Angels in Game One. Yeah, so I'm not opposed to. I think you see that a lot around the league on Opening Day. Your ace is on the mound. Um, selfishly, I would like to see my ace go nine innings if possible, but <laughs> yeah. it's Opening Day. So yeah. you know why jump the gun so soon. And, uh, you know, tax his arm with the first game of the season. You see that a lot around the league. Um, you don't you don't really see a lot of aces going seven, eight innings. So, hell, the, the Padres were no hit through the first six I seen um, okay. before they actually got the first hit in the seventh inning. But uh, it's hard. in terms of Shohei, like I said, I did see some, um, some of his pitching. I didn't see him bat, but I did see him pitch, get a couple strikeouts. He looked like he's ready to go. Um, hope you know, as a fan and for the luck of the Angels, they stay healthy. Because mm-hmm. I think we're all growing tired of not seeing Trout and company compete in the playoffs. Yeah, it's not like the AL West is a tough division. You have the uh, the Astros and everybody else is kind of jockeying for position in the AL West. So, yep. Excuse me. Um, I wish I wish that that franchise great health and they just uh, compete. You know, they got they probably got the biggest star in baseball. And I don't know if we've ever been able to say that in the sport of baseball where the best player or at least the biggest star is a foreign player. They got that guy. So they're going to be on TV a lot. They're going to have a, na- a lot of nationally televised games because of that that pitcher and that hitter or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool to see him pitch on opening day. That was that was a big deal to me. So I always remember watching Shohei pitch and hit on opening day. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and in terms of the strategy that you mentioned, it, it is the right move. Um, and you're right. It, it, on opening day, that that move is made often. Uh, yeah. It happened not, not not to go back to the Cardinals, but to go back to the Cardinals for for a point. Um, to make a point, Adam Wainwright had a had the opposite of Otani, so he had a low pitch count in the sixth inning. Uh, he had completed six innings. His pitch count was I can't remember where it was at, but it was low for the sixth inning. It was not uh, at a point, you know, where he's up around 100 pitches and you need to get him out of there. But the Cardinals, after six innings, the Cardinals had, what, a five? It was either a 5-0 lead or 6-0 lead. Um, what, what's the point in sending Wainwright out for the seventh or eighth or ninth? Uh, he's got a big lead. He's got a quality start under his belt. He's going to get the win if you hang on to, you know, the, the big lead in, in the last three innings. So, uh, no, no point in overdoing it. Pull, pull your veteran ace and uh, let him rest for for his next. Get ready for his next start. So, uh, yeah, uh, great, smart move in terms of strategy by the Angels. No point in letting Otani throw 100 pitches, uh, even though it was in, in rushing. Uh, you know, forcing him to 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 stay out there. So, uh, so I think a smart move to to pull him in the spot they did. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Again, nothing. I can't pinpoint one thing about opening day that stood out. We got some good individual performances. Mm. We got some good team performances. Our two respective teams won their opening day game. So, yeah, I mean, no longer can we say we're waiting on baseball. It is officially back. Yep. So, no, back. Um, I, I've always questioned why there's a day off after opening day. I will say that. I'm not a huge fan of that. But I know we get two or three games today because there were two postponed yesterday. But I've never really understood why we post – I mean, um, why there's a day off after opening day. Well, and you so, got an explanation for that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a mixed bag. I, I, I'm not sure why they do it the way they do it either. But, like, not all of the league played yesterday. Um, and like you said, two games were postponed. But on top of that, not all of the teams were scheduled for yesterday. So – those teams that played yesterday, I guess most of or all of them, I'm not sure how that works, but most of or all of them get today off. And then the ones who weren't scheduled yesterday are playing today. So it's it's a mixed bag. I'm not sure why they don't just let everyone play on opening day, but um, that new, it, it's still uh, a question for me. It's still something that I'm, I'm wondering because 
I, I would think you would just let everyone play on opening day. That's the point of calling it opening day. Uh, sure. But but for some reason, they do like half and half, like half half play on Thursday, half play on Friday. So, uh, or at least that's how it's falling this year. Half played yesterday and half are playing today. So, um, but yeah, nonetheless, um, you know, opening opening day, exciting. Nothing, nothing real huge that stood out other than, like I said, the, the things we mentioned, walk-offs, uh, Otani's short appearance, blown save, comeback. Uh, but yeah, just fun, fun, exciting baseball and glad to have it back. Yes. Uh, on to the NBA. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook eliminated from the playoffs. No, they won't even be in the play-in game. They're gone. We're heading to Cancun a lot sooner than expected. Uh, they were eliminated earlier in the week from playoff contention. I want to say by the Phoenix Suns of all teams, the best team in basketball, the best record, um, and the MVP candidate. They were eliminated. TV, your thoughts on the Lake Show being bounced from playoff contention? You called this, like you said, I don't even remember when it was, but it's been a while, and you hit the nail on the head. You You were on it. They were not going to make the playoffs. I had told you that I didn't think they would make the final eight, but I thought they would at least get to the play-in tournament and and have their chance to you know win a couple of games and end up in the final eight. Uh, but I, I thought at least they would finish at nine or ten and have their shot to win a couple of play-in games and make it to the playoffs. But they didn't even do that. Didn't even do that. Um, they've been. I mean, let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. They've been pretty much embarrassing uh, this year. They they were not good at any stretch of this season. They may have had some good games, but they were not good at any stretch of this season. Um, and it's just it's just weird to see the excitement behind these guys. These three guys playing together. They weren't healthy for the entire season, and then they didn't perform well when they were healthy. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know if there's anywhere to to shift blame or any of that. I just I know that this team underperformed, and for them to not even be in the play-in tournament is a just a large underperformance, um, huge letdown. I, I think for for basketball for the Lakers. Yeah. So, given that I predicted this and was, you know, saying all along that we're going to miss the playoffs, I'm gonna just go. I'm going to hand out some blame pie. Okay. I'm okay. just going to divide up. You know, who's that? Who's that reasoning for this? The largest slice goes to Anthony Davis. Okay. Right? You got to be available. Sorry. All right. Injuries. I don't hold injuries against athletes, but it goes against, you know, like rankings. It go against, you know, I start bringing up contract details and so on and so on. You know, I, I, I want to see everybody out there available and playing, you know, and providing for their team. But he wasn't able to do so for – 70% of the season, he's a, he, he deserves the largest slice. That's why the Lakers aren't making the playoffs. All right. I know he won a championship two years ago. He has not been the same player since. It, 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 it baffles me yeah. that you can be available for the championship run because it takes a great deal of luck for, a, for you to win a championship. All champions require luck. He has not been the same player since. He deserves the largest slice of blame pie. Uh, number two, I would probably go with the GM, wh whoever that is. I know it's Kobe's former agent. I can't think of his name right now. But why you compile this old team like this, it was kind of disrespectful. I know LeBron likes veteran and playing with older, uh, high IQ basketball players. But these guys were literally over the hill and like tumbling down the hill. One step yeah. away from retirement type of hill. Yeah. I like Carmelo, too old. I like Trevor Ariza. Too old. Um, who else? I like Dwight Howard. Still can produce. Too old. JaVale McGee. I, I, you know, who else? I know they got some more old players. JaVale um, McGee, right? You, did they have McGee? No, I think he's on the Suns. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Avery Bradley, who I like. Oh. Too old. You know, like yeah. their best players were all of their young players, and they weren't even that talented of a player. Stanley Johnson, who wasn't even on an NBA roster. He was getting 10-day contracts, made the team um, young player. Uh, uh, Tyler Horton Tucker, TNT, who there were high expectations for TNT. He underachieved this year. Young player, but he underachieved. Uh, you got the shooter. I uh, forget his name right now. Young player. Too young of a player to really 
contribute to a LeBron James-led team. This was a poorly constructed team. The GM, I hate that I don't remember the Lakers GM name. You deserve a good slice of the blame pie. Um, LeBron James would probably be number three. All right, okay. and look, he's he finished second in scoring. He's had a phenomenal season at age 37. He can only do so much. No longer can we look to a LeBron James-led team and say, you know what, that team is going to the finals. That part of his career, of his prime, he I think we can safely say he's exited. He's departed from his prime. Yeah, And that kind of hurts to say because, you know, you and I have watched LeBron in his prime for, what, 12, 13 years? Yeah. And that's a very long prime. That is really long. So, I mean, that's – I don't know, man. That's that's amazing. I think he's yeah. out of his prime. And he can still get you 30 points a night out of his prime. But he does a, he would probably be number three on my list. Finally, and last, Frank Bogle. I hate that he's gotten, like, the slant that he's gotten all season. Because he didn't construct his team. He's a defensive-minded coach, and I'm sorry. In the a, in a, in a brand of NBA where the space – where the floor is spaced out, it's kind of hard to play defense with 40-year-old men. Yeah. All right? So – I, I can't really put that on him. Like, he didn't build this team. It's not his responsibility. His job is to coach this team. And I'll never believe any head coach that is coaching LeBron James is pulling those strings, those GM strings. It's either LeBron pulling those strings or the actual GM. Rob Palinka is his name. Got it. Yes, um, yeah, there you go. At number two. I would put Vogel at four. He may not return this next season. He got the short end of the stick, just like a lot of coaches do with LeBron James. He would deserve the smallest slice of pie, of the blame pie. But, yeah, hey, look, I, I don't want to see this team in the playoffs. I am glad they're eliminated. Bye. Because that would make for horrible basketball, okay? So, um, here, so I'm, I'm going to tack on to, to your uh, blame to Palenka. So, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna tack on to it by saying this. Not only did he construct an old team, but he brought Russell Westbrook in. And and this is no knock against Russell Westbrook because I love Russell Westbrook and the way he plays. I think he probably plays with more effort and enthusiasm than than ninety percent of the league, if not all of the league. Um and, and I just love seeing that from a player, the the way he plays. Um but I will say if Palinka doesn't bring Russell Westbrook in, he doesn't give up as much. Uh, he had to give up quite a bit to pull Westbrook in. Uh, lost a lot of their young bench players that they had. There was a guy who was from the California area who was who would have been dying to play for the Los Angeles Lakers because he went to school at USC. And he had a MVP caliber season. His last couple of weeks, he's really tailed off. But he had an M- MVP caliber season uh, most of the way through. Was a top scorer in the NBA and that is DeMar DeRozan. And if they go get DeMar DeRozan, they spend less, I guarantee you, because he was not coming coming from San Antonio. He was not as um, – he was not coming off of a great season. He's not as, you know, intriguing of a, of a player as Russell Westbrook. He would have cost a lot less than um, Russell Westbrook would have. I think if they bring DeMar DeRozan in, they keep some of that young talent on the bench and they still get a good player in DeMar DeRozan. I'm not saying he's better or worse than Russell Westbrook. He certainly had a much better year than Russell Westbrook, but he was playing for a different team. But nonetheless, I don't think there's any I don't think you regress by grabbing DeMar DeRozan. I'm not going to say you make the team 10 times better by grabbing DeMar DeRozan, but what does make the team better is you keep some of that bench talent. 100%. That's a great point. I did read the comments. I want to say it was yesterday or the day before with DeMar DeRozan said one one thing that kept me from signing with the Lakers was they seem uh, in disarray was the word he used. Okay. Um, which makes sense because they were flip-flopping on either Russ, on Buddy Heald, Buddy on, uh, on Rosen. Yep. You know, they hadn't really filled out their roster uh, quite yet. And when they were filling it out, they were filling it out with, as I alluded to, over-the-hill t- type of talent. Yep. So, um, yeah, and – I. Excuse me, I didn't put Russ on my blame pie list because Russ, who he he is, who he is, yeah. and Pelinka knows that. LeBron knew that. Why would I give him any slice of the pie? When I mean, you guys know who Russ is. We all yeah. love his work ethic and his, you know, just the intensity that he plays with. Uh, but with that being said, the other side of that coin is, you know, he's going to go. He's going to shoot five for fifteen. 
and you yeah. know goes two for six from the free throw line and turn the ball over ten times. That's just who he is the, over the last five seasons. He's stubborn and he's bullheaded. He could he easily deserves a slice, but I'm a little I, I'm a little lenient towards Russ. Okay, I don't want to I don't want to pile on like the rest of the league has done and blame everything on Russ. I won't yeah. be that guy. So I, I, he avoided the slice pie for me, the blame pie for me. That's a great point about Demar Derozan. Uh, yeah, in hindsight, that's what they should have got. Hell, they should have took taken Buddy Hill when they had the opportunity, because he he's just a better fit than Russ is with LeBron. It, that I don't know what what they were thinking with that one, but uh, let's move on to LeBron's comments about wanting to play with Stephen Curry. I think that was a little overblown too. But your thoughts on LeBron saying, um, if he had to choose, if he could choose a player to play with, it would be Stephen Curry. So before I even go into my thoughts on that, I'm just going to you, – you said something that, that stood out to me immediately. Um, overblown, right? Blown out of proportion, whatever, however you want to say it. Overblown, blown out of proportion, that type of thing. Happens all the time in the NBA, right? I feel like any news that happens in the NBA gets blown out of proportion. So, yes, I think you're probably right. This probably did get overblown a little bit. But he still said it. And my, and my thoughts are, you know, I mean, all, all he really said was that of the players left, because he was asked a question, you know, kind of like of the players in the NBA that you haven't played with, uh, active players, who would you want to play with? So he was just answering the question, but he did say Steph Curry, who is still in the league. Um, and, you know, it's very much possible, right? I mean, that something could happen to where these two guys link up before LeBron retires, maybe. Um, my thoughts on it? It would be cool, right? Um, it'd be cool just to see two great talents uh, pair up like that, especially the the all-time shooter in, in Steph Curry, uh, j- just to pair up with one of the greatest we've ever seen play the game in LeBron James. So um, it sounds cool. My thoughts, I I don't I don't put a whole lot of stock into it, especially based off of Curry's reaction. I don't put a whole lot of stock into it, but um, I think it would be cool. And I think it just shows that, that LeBron, you know, he, he's got a good – uh, knowledge of, of who out there would, would be a, a good combination for him, a uh, good pairing with him. And I think him and Curry would be very fun to watch play together, uh, but I'm not going to put a lot of stock into it. I don't, I don't know that, that that's something we see happen, um, but man, it, it, it would be really fun. Yeah. Like, so I can't think of a better shooter to pair with LeBron James. Exactly. And if you look across all of his championships and the shooting that he was surrounded by, there's no greater shooter than this shooter and Stephen Curry. It's the it's the dream pairing. Uh, so what what a lot of people are overlooking as well. His initial answer was his son. Uh-huh. Of the current players, yes, he answered Stephen Curry. I mean, what, I I don't I just I see nothing wrong with it. I don't think LeBron was throwing out hints. I don't think no. he was trying to gather talent, form a team in the next two or three seasons. No, no I think that's just a legit answer. Yeah, what. I mean, if I can drive the lane and consume three people and I can kick it out to the greatest shooter of all time, and what makes me so successful is my ability to pass and kick it out to shooters like Cal Corver, J.R. Smith, um, Shane Battier, just to name a few over his over his championship seasons, mm-hmm. I can kick it out to Stephen Curry. Yeah, I want to play with that guy. Yeah, That guy would make my life so much easier, just like he would anybody else. But, yeah, like that – he is like that guy is constructed to play for a teammate like myself, you know, my driving ability, my passing ability, and I can kick it out to that dude. Come mm-hmm. on now. It, it, it's a legit answer. And I hate that it it was, there was so much smoke ar- around this. I thought it was a little silly. Stephen Curry's answer wasn't even that bad. Hey, no, I'm, a, I'm a dog too. I'm competitive. I, I'm flattered that an all-time great wants to play with me or would like to play with me if he can drill, you know, like build a, a teammate or whatever. But I'm good right now. Yep. yep. That's that's a perfectly fine answer with me. Yep. All right. I don't know what else you want him to say. He said I was flattered. He didn't say that verbatim. But he said he appreciated the love. Uh, what I love about this, too, between these two players, we've seen these guys face off four times in the finals. And yep. Curry's gotten the best of LeBron, I think, three of those four. So it's not like, you know, they've competed against each other at the highest level. I'm sure they've they've butted heads, just like I assume a lot of top-tier athletes would do if you got to see somebody four times on the grand stage. But you can still come back to each other and show that much respect and love. I didn't see nothing wrong with any of the comments. Uh, leave it up to national media to just 
you know, overblow this. I thought it was just crazy. Yeah, yeah. They try to try to twist it, try to get people excited. Uh, you know, the the words you choose when when, you, when you're a media outlet like that draw clicks, they draw attention. Um and, and, and that's what that's what everybody's good at is, is trying to get someone to click on their video. So um yeah, look. Lastly, if these two guys did play together, um, you mentioned just kicking it out to a great shooter. But not only that, to me, you know, that's, of course, when LeBron's got the ball in his hands and he's going to the basket or he's bringing the ball down the floor. But if these two were paired together, LeBron wouldn't have to bring the ball down the floor as much as he does uh, in games. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he brings the ball down every possession because he certainly doesn't. Russell Westbrook is is, is on that team, too, and, and he can bring the ball down the floor. But – Curry can bring the ball down the floor, and Curry's a great guard already in his own right. And so LeBron can, you know, spot up. And LeBron's not your all-time shooter by any stretch, but he's shot the ball more and more as his career has gone on, and he's got become a better shooter, I would say, um, percentage-wise anyways, in just taking the smart shots and making those three points. Um, so LeBron can even spot up, or maybe Curry attacks, kicks it out to LeBron, and then you know the defense being drawn in from Curry attacking, LeBron can blow by the defense uh, for a layup or a dunk or whatever. So, uh, man, it, it would be exciting to see these two taking turns, bringing the ball up the floor on the same team. That would be very fun to watch. Uh, and like Curry said, they've already gotten to do that a couple of times in All Star games. Um, right. That's that, that's not like a, a real NBA season, uh, man. Man, if these guys were paired up for 82 games. Uh, that that'd be really cool. It would. Uh, I don't think it'll ever happen. Just throwing me that either. out there. I don't yeah, think these two would ever link up. Um, I think I assume Curry will retire a Warrior. LeBron James. I don't know where the hell he's going to retire. Lord knows. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. No one knows. But um, yeah, let's stick with the NBA and move on to the Miami Heat. Miami Heat, Kelvin, uh, locked up the one seed inside the Eastern Conference. Uh, are they truly, to you, uh, the favorites to win the Eastern Conference? They are not. I think I discussed this last week. I, I'm rolling with the Nets now that the New York COVID mask mandate or just mandate was lifted in the state of New York. I'm rolling with the Nets. Uh, I think when they're healthy, I know they can't play defense. But at the end of the day, who's going to stop Kevin Durant, who's going to stop the most exciting ball handler, probably just player in the league, and Kyrie Irving, who does have a championship alongside LeBron James, and he, so he's been there, done that, and pro- been there, done that, and proven. When it when it comes down to it, look, last year, if it wasn't for Durant's large toe, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks in seven. All right, now, and that was with the hobbling James Harden. If they if Kyrie is just on the floor. I think they probably washed the Milwaukee Bucks, okay? I know that's last year, and the Milwaukee Bucks are a different team, probably a better team. They have a better Giannis. But, no, in short, the Heat are not the favorites, and they shouldn't be the favorites. What what I think people are overlooking with the Heat is you don't don't get the one seed by accident. That's a talented team, Mm -hmm. well-coached. They're going to be ready for all oncomers. I would hate if the – I would truly hate it, though, if the Heat – drew the nets in that first round after the play-in games. I would I would be a little devastated because I want to see the Heat play long into the Eastern Conference. But they may have gotten the short hand of the stick and drew the nets much sooner than they thought. But, yeah, I, I'm still rolling with the nets. They got KD. They got Kyrie. I think that's the best duo in the East. I'm rolling with the nets. So, I'm with you. I don't think the Miami Heat are the favorites uh, despite – being the best team in the East right now, record-wise, and having that one seed locked up. Um, I don't think they're the favorites, but I don't agree on the Brooklyn Nets. Um, what, what one place you one thing you mentioned was was you know when, when you first started discussing the Lakers potentially not making the playoffs, you also said the Nets might not, and they're right. they're they're currently in they're an eight spot. Things have changed. Uh, New York has, like you said, lifted that mask mandate or the, the vaccination mandate where you have to be vaccinated to attend an event in Brooklyn or in the city of New York. So things have changed. That has been benefit to Brooklyn. But I know it's the NBA. I know these guys are great. I know they can do things that other 
levels can't, uh, college basketball included. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go that route anyways, and I'm gonna make that comparison anyways. I think chemistry is still very important in the NBA. I think having those guys having had played together and played games together is important. I don't know that Kyrie has played more than what 15 games, 20 games with these guys this year. Uh, it's not very many. He's played. He's played a decent amount, but it's not very many that he's played with these guys this year. And it's been so inconsistent up until the last like week or two. So um, I don't think the chemistry is there. And I don't think these guys are the favorites in the Eastern conference. Um, in my opinion, I would go. Gosh, honestly, it's so hard not to just go with the bucks. Um, I I'll give you two. I think, I think the Bulls have slipped off, so I'm not going to go with them. I was really feeling them two weeks ago when we were discussing this, but I'm not feeling them anymore because they've really slipped off. I'll go with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are hot. Um, they, they've been hard to beat as of late. And then the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, are just the reigning uh, champs. So yeah. those would probably be my favorites in the Eastern Conference. I'm out on the Nets just because I think it's a lack of chemistry. Um, the comparison I was I was going to make to college basketball was a few years back, Michigan State was um, – they had the best player in, in college basketball in Denzel Valentine, but he had been injured, and he was coming back just like a week or two before March Madness. He hadn't been playing for a while. Michigan State didn't have that chemistry, and they got upset in the first round. Um, so it's just that type of thing. You know, Kyrie just now getting back into the full swing of playing with his teammates – I think that's going to hurt them. I think they make the play in they, – they get out of the play-in tournament. They make the playoffs. Whether that's a seven or eight seed, I don't know. Um, but I I will be shocked if they get out of the first round. I really will. I think they have the talent to do it. But the, these teams in the East are better than, than than they get credit for, I think. So I would be shocked if they get out of that first round. I think the betting favorite should be the Nets. If I was okay. a gambling man, i am put my money on the Nets. I mm. think the – Logical favorites would be the reigning champs, the Milwaukee Bucks. I still do think Giannis is the best player, and that's the truly the best team in the East. Uh, I think the teams that deserve to beat it for the Heat deserve a lot more credit because they are one seed. They, they just deserve more credit. I, they the thing with the Heat, they just lack a top tier. They just lack like a championship quality player, and there's only like four of those in the NBA. So that would be KD. That would be Giannis. Um, that would probably be Embiid, uh, maybe. That would probably be Jokic. That would probably be Doncic, maybe. I may be missing the missile on that one. But, that you know, there's only like four or five of those per, you know, a season. Jimmy Butler is not that. Yeah, He's a really good player, and he has a lot of quality talent surrounding him, including assistant of the year. They play defense. Their coach – um, Eric Sports is, is truly one of the best coaches in basketball. You know, the, it's, it's just a good team. Bam Adebayo, defensive, one of the defensive players of the year, quality. He's a double-double guy. Good team, a well-constructed yeah. team. So they deserve credit. They do. I, the Celtics lost their man in the middle. That's going to hurt. It and then is. you got the Bulls who have tailored off a little bit. And then you got the Sixers. And my only hangout with the mm, Sixers mm, mm, is mm, James mm. Harden. I am I yeah. am not feeling the Sixers. I yeah. not, I don't know what it is, but I am not feeling the Sixers. It's but, it's James Harden because they have yeah. the MVP on their team. I yeah. I I don't like Tobias Harris. I really don't. I just I just don't like him. He's getting paid too much money to be 14 points per game. I, I hate him. James Harden, been there, done that. We yep. I don't need I don't need I don't know what more we have to see from him to be convinced that he's not a playoff performer. So I, I truly think that just leaves Bucks, Nets, and then, again, respectfully, the Miami Heat, who I don't foresee being a championship team. But they deserve the credit. Yeah, And my, my last rundown on these on these teams, uh, Miami Heat, we'll start there. The, the player you didn't mention who has championship experience is Kyle Lowry. Um, but we've seen Kyle Lowry as a one seed in the Eastern Conference before. Now, granted, when he was in the one seed in the Eastern Conference, he was a Toronto Raptor, and he was going against LeBron James. So diff maybe he wasn't a one seed. But either way, he was playing for conference championships. Um, but we've seen him in, in that spot before. It, it, and granted, again, he was going against a LeBron James-led team, a little different scenario than, than now. 
but how much different is it than going against a Giannis-led Milwaukee Bucks? I don't know if it's that much different. It might be, but I don't know if it is. Um, so I'm with you. I don't I don't think the Heat quite have that championship caliber player. Outside of Kyle Lowry, I don't know that they have it. And I don't know that we can trust Kyle Lowry. I, I just don't know if we can. Don't know if we can because he's been there and he's not been able to do it um, until Kawhi Leonard stepped into Toronto. So um, with the – with the Celtics, you're right. Missing that, missing the big guy is going to kill them. It's it's going to hurt. Uh, that that will be what if they get eliminated before the Eastern Conference Finals or before the Finals. That's what will will ail them. Um, the the only team we haven't really mentioned that I think is in the hunt is the Toronto Raptors. They're going to get overlooked um, because they're young. They're they're being you know led by a double double guy, not led, but being uh, a big boost from a double double rookie in Scotty Barnes, um, and then Pascal Siakam. He's been around, but he's not been the leader of a team that's that's in a playoff run. Uh, I think the last time the Raptors were in a playoff run would have been the the uh, COVID season, the bubble season, um, and they didn't fare well. So uh, this is Siakam's really first go at the playoffs. It's Fred VanVleet's first go at, at the playoffs without without people leading them. This is their first go at it. And I think that's what's going to kill Toronto is they're just young. They've, they've got a rookie that is a big part of the team. And then their two biggest players, best players, uh, are really taking their first shot at the playoffs by leading their own team. So um, Toronto's good enough. I, I wouldn't count them out, but I think they're too young. Yeah, I like Toronto, but nah. No, they, they're, they're that one star away from being a contender. We've seen that, that similar roster with the likes of a Kawhi Leonard and a Kyle Lowry and it delivered a championship. Mm-hmm. So you put a, I don't know, you put a, um, I don't know, I can't really think of Excuse me. Put a star, a championship caliber player on that team, they would, yeah, they would be amongst the top of the list. Fun team to watch, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't consider those guys. Yeah. Uh, you're ready quite yet. We're going to wrap up today's show with more Tom Brady. As if, you know, we haven't discussed Tom Brady enough over the last two decades. Tom Brady, it was reported that he was nearing under retiring and signing with the Dolphins until the whole Brian Flores, you know, tanking, paying him to tank, all of that crap unfolded with the Dolphins. TV, your thoughts on Brady under retiring to join the Dolphins? So if that was ever um, legit, you know, I, I know there's rumor of it, and, and, I, and I know there's people saying it. And if that was legit, this this sounds perfect, right? Like Tom Brady would never, Tom Brady would never, um, I w- I couldn't see it become a part of a franchise uh, that that had goals of tanking and losing on purpose. It just doesn't seem like a Tom Brady thing. Now, of course, he's he's a good quarterback, so he's never been put in that situation. Uh, but I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't see Tom Brady. Um, I don't see Tom Brady being a part of a franchise who is okay with tanking. And so when that news breaks, if he was legit considering it, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds like Tom Brady to back out and say, never mind, don't, don't want to be a part of this franchise because um, while it makes sense in this era to get your draft pick when you're bad, tanking is such a bad look. Losing intentionally is such a bad look. Paying your coach. To lose is such a bad look. And all of this is speculation. We don't know uh, really the the truth behind any of this. But Tom Brady, would I don't think, would ever uh, be a part of a franchise who was paying their coach to lose game. Yeah, surely I hope not. And you, I think you hit it on the head when you said oh, Tom Brady wouldn't be that guy. Yeah. Um, and look, as, as talented as the Dolphins are and, and are becoming – um, and then they, you know, they bring in the likes of Tyreek Hill. Yeah, it's probably it probably wouldn't be a good jump to jump ship to the Dolphins, given the disarray that's going on currently in their front office. Yes, um, you can clearly you can't trust the GM, or no, I'm I'm sorry, not the GM. The team owner was the one being accused of of such actions. Okay. Can't trust that guy because um, you know, Lord knows if Tom Brady gets hurt for two games, he's probably telling the coach, "Let's tank." Yep. It's like coach. It's like owner. It's only two games. We could, we can work this out. Uh, but so a, a smart move on Brady. There was speculation that I, a lot of people all. I don't know. If we I don't think we truly believed that he's going to 
retire and stay retired. There was speculation that he was going to unretire and kind of finesse his way to another team. Um, because the, even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't look to have their things together. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with their head coach, um, Bruce Arians retiring just, I think, what, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. So mm-hmm. it's not like Tom Brady had great options to choose from. There was also speculation that San Francisco was in the running. But, you know, I don't think they want to go that route, truly. Yeah. So what do I think about the thing as a whole? Smart by Brady. Um, leave it up to Brady just to gargle up more headlines as he tries to walk out of the league. But <laughs> yeah. smart move. Yeah, I don't think I want to play for an owner who's been accused. There's never been – Exactly. Yeah, he's been accused of, uh, you know, all, offering his head coach. A good head coach, by the way, yep. which still kind of baffles me, offering a good head coach to tank. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he led the Miami Dolphins to eight wins out of the last nine games after starting zero and seven. Yep. Okay. That's a good NFL coach, and that's a talented team. To offer that team and that coach to tank, uh, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't even be an owner in this league. Like, get over yourself. You know, yep. take your billion dollars and go do something else. But yep. yeah, you know I mean, come on now. That's 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 a good head coach with a talented team. Excuse me that we got off to a really bad start. I know that's inexcusable or unexcusable because uh, winning matters in the NFL, unlike any other sport. But man, you, I mean, they were one game away from the postseason. Hell, they put up a better fight than the Colts, who gave away their seed at the final mm-hmm. week of the season against the number one draft pick Jaguars. Okay. I would yep. have loved to see the Dolphins in the playoffs opposed to them bums. All yep. right. They would have yep. put up a better fight. Uh, then the Steelers, who put up a good fight against the Chiefs for one quarter, you know. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Best of luck to Tom Brady. Uh, hopefully, they get their things together in Tampa. And uh, shout outs to everybody in Miami, including Tyreek Hill. Um, man, hopefully they can separate themselves from that owner and they can go out there and focus on football. So, smart yeah. move by Brady. I agree. Um, smart move, good move. I, I just, I, I don't see him being a part of the team, even if it's not true. With all that was accused, unaccused, all that was assumed, you know, just everything, all the whole mix, I don't see him being a part of that. You know what you just reminded me of, though, when you said when you referred to the Jaguars as the first pick, Jaguars? What's that? The NFL draft is coming up soon. That's something. It is. That's something that I've got to get ready for now. Um, I'm not usually a huge NFL draft, you know, prepare type prep, you know, and and, and watch out for – you know, other than the big names, oh, I'm not huge on the NFL draft, but um, it's always exciting to see who goes where and who gets who. So, uh, man, it's coming up in like two two weeks or three weeks. So we got to probably probably two weeks. We we got to got to get ready for that one now. Yeah. So this isn't the draft. I've I've been more excited for other NFL drafts. There was a moment in my life with the Chiefs were the worst team in football. So I was getting excited for the possible. You know. Um, draft picks we could accumulate at the top of every round. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I don't know, that's probably, that's Eric Fisher. That's 12 seasons ago. Okay. Uh, guys like Don Terry Poe and company, guys who were just drafted really high because the Chiefs were really bad. Now I'm, I'm pumped for this draft simply because we have 12 draft picks and we have two first round picks. This is coming off the Tyreek Hill trade. We have to recoup in order to, you know, remain in contention, at least just in our division let alone a conference, just in our division. Mm-hmm. So I'm pumped for this draft because I want to see how the Chiefs maneuver, if they do any trading up or trading back. I uh, just want to see the talent that they they bring in, uh, bring in. They had a great draft last year. Our rookies were outstanding on both sides of the ball. You know a lot about one of Creed Humphreys, who yeah. was, I automatically insert him as a top five center because he was – by the numbers, he was one of the best, if not the best center in football last year. So yep. he he's a staple already for Patrick Mahomes. I, I love him dearly. I might have to give me a jersey. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to see how we draft this upcoming this upcoming draft later this month. So I'm pumped yep. for this draft. Yep, yep. I'm ready. I'm ready. I just I think again. I think I think it just comes with age. It's, it's something that I pay a little more attention to than I did when I was young. Um, again, I'm not I'm not huge on all the prospects and all the names. Um, but seeing some of those big names come across, seeing what my team goes after, and then studying those guys that my team drafted. So uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for the NFL draft. And 
Uh, I, I don't have the exact day on, on my mind right now, but it's got to be within the next couple of weeks since today is uh, April 8th. So uh, it's got it's got to be within the next couple of days. Yep. And there you have it. The Meta Man podcast. A lot of great topics, great opinions. And, um, hey, again, we're nearing the NFL draft. Baseball and more baseball. We'll get baseball every day for, like, the next eight months. So that's <laughs> <Yep>. great. <laughs> So, I mean, hey, we got a lot of good content we're, we're about to crank out. As we near our 100th episode, we got a lot of milestones coming up. So, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you on Tuesday.